0: Welcome. This is the She's Capable Podcast with Christelle, Shelby, and Ashley. We want to champion you, have real discussions on real issues, and have fun. We want you to thrive spiritually, emotionally, and in your practical life. Hello, this is Shelby Mossman, and I'm here um, with Donna Cole on the She's Capable podcast. Morning, Donna. Good morning. And we're really blessed to have Donna with us today. Um, we also have time with her husband, Cole, or uh, Tom Cole. Um, and we're just really excited to have them just because of what God has used them to do in um, inner healing. They have like an anointing on their life for inner healing. And I've experienced it, I know many people have. Um, but really, she carries a mother heart. And her and her husband Tom have a really powerful story of what God did in each of their lives, and then what He's done in them together. Um, and they actually have a ministry called Pure Heart Ministries, and they um, take what this inner healing ministry all over the world, and they help other people get freedom and walk in healing. And um, we actually want to even share with you—they have something on YouTube because today we're going to be talking with her about a number of different things, but. They have a deeper, like longer, um, intensive on YouTube that they go into Pure Heart Ministry. And if you're looking for that, if you're wanting something more on inner healing and and mother and father heart and femininity and masculinity, we encourage you to look that up. Go on YouTube and type in Pure Heart Intensive and look for Tom and Donna Cole. And I just encourage you to check that out because it is an amazing way. Uh, to take some steps towards inner healing. But this morning, we're just going to um, have a little time with her where she's going to share her story. And so Donna, we're blessed to have you. And I just was, uh, yeah, I wanted to start with just you sharing a little bit of your story and what God's done in your life.
1: Thanks so much. So I've come from a very broken background of uh, a lot of abuse. So at the age of eight, my mother and father divorced. And my father was a uh, an abusive man. Um, he did um, beat my mom and he was abusive with us. Uh, he had a very bad temper. So in those growing up years, I didn't, you never knew if dad was going to lose his temper or not. So that wounds a little child's heart and you live, um, very carefully. I was also the second born daughter of a family of all girls. And my father was a real man's man and he wanted, um, a son, so when my first uh my older sister was a girl that was no problem but 3 years later they were really hoping for a boy mm-hmm. and little kids and young children I believe even babies uh if they're sensitive can pick things up like you can you can pick up that you're not what your 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 parents wanted and so at a very young age I believe I rejected who I was in my femininity and became what they wanted. So I was the tomboy of the family. I got the boy toys and I didn't mind that one bit. I wanted them. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted everyone to call me Charlie. And um, in this time of uh, society, I believe they probably might've given me the uh, drugs to um, cause my hormones not to develop Mm -hmm. and, really what God showed me after I came to know him is there were deep wounds in my heart. And that little girl so wanted acceptance. And I'm not saying this, everyone's story that um, struggles in that area of thinking they're a girl in a boy's body or a boy in a girl's body. But I know for me, absolutely, it came from that point. Also, I um, struggle with homosexuality. You'll hear that later. But I and felt born that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I really believe that, told everybody that. And again, after coming to know the Lord who heals hearts, I started to see uh, puzzle pieces and roots in my life that I then, started to understand no wonder i felt another woman's arms would comfort me no wonder i felt more like a, a a boy than i did a girl and he started to take me on a journey of healing this very broken heart and so um my mom like i said got divorced when i was 8 years old and she came from a very abusive background also so my grandpa was abusive um he also beat her mom beat the kids and so When you are not healed, you start to live out of that place of brokenness, even if you don't realize it and you choose what you think you are worth. And so my mom right away went into another relationship. And if my father was abusive, this man was 10 times more abusive than my father ever was. And he beat my mom uh, mercilessly. We saw um, terrible things, just things like a gun to her head and, you know, just...
0: Like very wounding, like breaks a child internally.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. And again, so young, right? So I go from a a house that's very orderly because my father, because of his anger issues, dinner better be on the table at 6 Mm -hmm. p.m. The kids better go to bed on time. The house has to look perfect to an absolute chaotic situation where my mom just started to party and live a life that she felt in her heart she never got to live because she married my dad right out of high school and they were married for 13 years Mm -hmm. and so she just felt like oh I have this freedom but really such more so much more abuse came to into our lives because of that and so um um, this man happens to be in prison. Uh, he murdered two people, just to give you an extent of the type of abuse and uh, the uh, darkness that was in our home. Mm-hmm. So then he was around for like say two, three years. I'm, you know, I was young, so I'm not exactly sure, but he wasn't there for like ten years, because mm-hmm. um, he did go to prison. And then um, right away, my mom, because in her brokenness, hers was, oh, I need a man. Mine, oh, I need a woman. And so right away, again, another relationship. Um, and this, my next stepfather, because she did marry that last man, she did marry this man, um, was not abusive like the other two, but he was uh, uh, an alcoholic and started molesting me and my sisters. Mm. So again, another um, broken heart, another, Wound. yes, and an insecurity that you can't be, you know free just to be a little child you're yeah. scared you're not sure when he's going to call you in a room you don't feel safe right mm-hmm. and the truth is no um child ever wants to be molested mm-hmm. i've heard in since you know i've done this for many years people say well that child's broken and in their brokenness, they so wanted someone to love them. No, no child ever wants someone to take that next step. Now, they do want love. They might I might have wanted my stepfather, of course, to take me on his lap or play with me, but no child ever wants that next step to happen. In fact, they feel very insecure. They feel trapped. They don't know what to do. It's too much for their mind to even think. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, what does happen, though, sometimes is when that molesting person usually close to the family. I hate to say it. It's yeah. most of the time not a stranger. Sometimes it can happen that way. But most of the time it's going to be a neighbor, a cousin, um, an uncle, whatever, someone close to the family. Um, what happens is you trust them, they, they take it too far or whatever, or they shock you and say, now pull down your pants, you're never allowed to tell anyone this. But your body, when it is touched correctly, will respond. And so um, that little child gets something awakened in their body that was never supposed to happen. And with that, because there's this, feeling of dread, oh, I feel trapped, but oh, this feels good, then the enemy brings shame and says things like, you want that, whatever, mm-hmm. because your body that's awakened now can get addicted or like those feelings and those sensations. Mm-hmm. So many times when people are molested, it they also, um, uh, at a very young age, can give into um, masturbation and things like that because... Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible's clear in Song of Solomon. Do not awaken love before it's time. Yeah. So when this is awakened in a child, their body does respond, your mind doesn't know how to happen. Um,
0: excuse kind of their sexuality, like yes,
1: so. and who they how they see themselves. Mm-hmm. They'll see themselves as dirty because oh, that does feel good. I must have wanted this, whatever. The enemy brings yeah. lies with trauma. And so, so, and that's, you know, kind of how we start to minister and heal those broken hearts Mm -hmm. anyway. So then that man was only around two or three years and then came from that point on, my mom never got married, but people might've lived with us for six months, eight months, whatever. Because again, in her brokenness, in her, in, in her area, if I didn't have a man, I was worth nothing. Mm -hmm. So my mom went from man to man to man. Um, so After I came to know the Lord, so now we'll just fast forward. You can just figure out the lifestyle and the abuse and the hurt that came Mm -hmm. because really what's supposed to happen is a little child when they're born are supposed to feel loved, right? Mm -hmm. I should have felt wanted as a little girl. I should have been embraced. And what's supposed to happen in a safe environment Mm -hmm. is I'm supposed to blossom and, um, have all these different gifts and interests, and I supposed to feel safe and celebrated. Yeah,
0: and step into who you were created to yes, be. Yes,
1: but when hurts and wounds come in our lives, what happens is we don't see ourselves the way we were created to be. We live sometimes in a hiddenness or not even knowing who I am. And so God has to bring us through a journey. I wish I could say, all this is, um, as soon as I came to know the Lord, oh, that's all gone. No, I have a lifetime of hurts. And sometimes it takes a little uh, bit of time to get healed of those things. I don't believe it has to take 20 years, but it's certainly not going to happen just with a quick prayer. You know what I mean? I might have to tell God about the hurts. I might have to what I've buried deep down, I might have to bring up and say, God, I'm angry about that or I'm hurt about that. Or Lord, I always feel like I am the wrong one. I am the dirty one. I caused that. Why does this keep happening to me? All those issues that come up in the heart.
0: There's like layers and layers of it. It's yes. not just in a blink of an eye all of a sudden, yes. it's all gone.
1: Though I do believe in this season, God's doing a deep work um, and he's going to increase healing of the heart as well mm. as Uh, we will see other great things like healings of miracles, right. Of Mm -hmm. physical, but both and together, who cares if my body's healed, if my heart is broken, though, I still want my body healed, but I still won't live out of all who I was created to be. So anyways, um, at age 18, so all through my teenage years, I really never dated or anything like that. Of course I had major trust issues, Mm -hmm. um, In fact, after I came to know the Lord, you would think one of the, you know, God starts to show us the strongholds that came in our lives, the inner promises I made, like, and I had many of them. I will not trust anyone. I won't be like my mother weak. No man will ever do to me what I saw, all Mm -hmm. those kinds of things. Um, And God has to get to those roots because even though I come to know him, if I have an inner promise and I haven't dealt with that, even in my Christianity, it can bring fruit. If I'm not going to trust anyone and I come to know the Lord, I might have a little bit more trust because I let him in, but I'm telling you those, the fruit of those, uh, inner vows, inner promises are still working out in my life. Mm. So, um, right before I go into how I came to know the Lord, there was a season of healing. God took me into. And in that these three little ladies prayed and said, Lord, will you show her where the wounds came in? where the lies came into her life, where she made these kind of promises. And what God showed me is there was one nice man out of all those other men in their brokenness, but there was this one guy, he worked hard, he did bring money into our home. Most of the other guys really didn't work, you know, and that kind of stuff. And we lived on welfare, but um this guy really wanted to take care of my mom and take care of us. He was safe. But my mom, of course, was not healed, so she rejected him, pushed him away. Mm -hmm. So um, it was right after uh, Christmas he left, and I, I, I don't remember a lot of my childhood, and I don't believe you have to remember everything, but there are certain pinpoints of either inner vows, hurts that really have made an impact on our lives. Those are the things God has to heal. If he can heal those roots, many other things will just take care of itself. If he can heal the lies where the lie came in, then it untangles all the lies that followed after it in that area. Mm -hmm. So- Um, God showed me that I promised myself after he left, I took out all the presents that he bought because my mom was so poor. I took a a big black marker and I wrote all over them from JC. It looked like a very rebellious act, right? If my mom came in the room, she probably would have said, what are you doing? Mm. But, um, the Lord showed, reminded me of that. And he showed me that's the day I promised I would never trust anyone again.
0: Mm. Um, this like you had finally trusted someone that felt safe yes. and then he was
1: gone. Yes. And when the mean men left, that's fine. But when the one nice man left, that gave me hope yeah. that made me feel safe left. Then this heart said like no more. Straw. Yes. And the wall, the different walls I built up to this point, which I did have still many, like I said, I wasn't going to be weak like my mom, all that kind of stuff. That wall went gigantic and no person was ever going to come into my life. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that's one of the reasons I never dated in those teenage years. Um, and then at age 18, I had a job. Um, it was, uh, in an insulation company, you know, we insulate walls and we were in the calling department and there was this man who was 10 years older than me. I was 18. He was 28. Um, we would all go out and party after work. And all I know is he put something into my drink. And the next morning I woke up, um, I hate to say it, but in this bed, I don't remember anything of that night. Mm -hmm. And we went out maybe for three months. Um, It was not a good relationship. He was Mm -hmm. so broken. I was looking for a father figure, really. And this is when I came to terms that, wow, I cannot receive from a man. I am gay. And I embraced it fully, told my mom, I am born this way. Because it seemed like, as long as I can remember, I had these feelings. It seems like as far as I can remember, I'd rather have a woman be near me than a man. And so I told her this, my mom was very good about it. She loved me just the way I was. Mm -hmm. I, um, ended up one of my best friends and I also hung around the gay community. Um, I ended up living with her. She was my first, um, lover and, uh, I gave her everything, Mm -hmm. you know, of who I was. And then, um, of course, it was a broken relationship. She's broken. I'm broken. It only lasted for a good three months. Mm-hmm. She moved um, to another state, and I just lived this life for four years, absolutely saturated, saturated in it. Went to gay bars. My all my friends were gay. It's just the way it worked. And um, I remember one time. Oh, also because I had the inner vow that I'm going to make it. I'm not going to be poor like my mom. I took cosmetology in high school, was top of my class. And I really did that because I thought, well, that will hold me through college. Then when I get into college, my dad says, take robotics. That was the up and coming thing. So I take robotics. I was very smart. And I was top of the class in robotics. So then I get this job as an intern in General Motors. So I'm making tons of money. I have tons of friends. When I came to the Lord, I was not at the bottom of the barrel. No, I, I had you lots of-
0: Your life made according to like your standards. Or yes. Standards. I
1: had lots of friends, lots of money. Go to the bars. And I remember I was about to walk in the gay bar and I thought, there must be something more to life than this. And it wasn't even the gay life. It's just, it was about having lots of money, going out and partying and the weekends are fun and then doing it all again. And I thought there's got to be something. And I started asking God these four questions and he's a heart God. And these were heart prayers. Mm. So he heard them. I said, God, what is life all about? Is there a Jesus? Why do people go to church anyways? Because I didn't see that much difference between people that said they went to church and me and then what is life all about? And Mm -hmm. I meant those four questions. And about a month later, I was living with my mom at this time and I was working midnight. So I was at home and I was cleaning the house. And I just said to my mom, it was on Good Friday. So it was right before Easter and we were brought up Catholic and we only went to church once in a while. So it's not like we went to church every week, but you know, we did the, the Easter Christmas thing. And then, you know, every here, you know, here and there. And so I, um, Uh, I just said to her, let's go to church. And she probably thought, you, the gay rebellious daughter. Yeah,
0: like shocked. (laughs) Yeah,
1: because I never wanted to go to church. Or if I did, it would be on my terms. So anyways, we went in. It was only the last um, 15 minutes of the service, because when you're Catholic, you sit for the three hours from 12 to 3, and you're supposed to think about him being on the cross. Mm -hmm. And so I, um, I walked in that church. And the only way I can explain it, as soon as I walked in the church, this feeling of sadness came over me, like the feeling like someone died that you knew and you're about to, you know, you walk into the funeral room and, um, I so noticed it that I thought to myself, wow, this is strange. You go to church and nothing happens. Yeah, Like it was that noticeable that my mind noticed it. Mm -hmm. So then we sit into the, go into the church, sit in the pew. And at the front of the church, there's a life-size wooden cross. No Jesus on it, just the cross. Again, so you can think about his death. When I sit down in the pew with my mom next to me, the only way I can explain it to this day is I looked at that cross and I see Jesus dying on the cross as it's, as if it's happening, I would say, oh, it's like a TV screen in in front of me, but it wasn't a TV screen in front of me. I saw it. God takes me and I see Jesus dying as if it is happening. I see a real man dying. And I thought, oh my goodness, I cannot tell this to my mom because she'll think I'm crazy or Mm -hmm. I'm on something. So I'm just watching him die. And in one, God speaks to me. Oh, no, wait. No, at that time, no, he didn't speak to me yet. He said, I mean, all my questions were answered. I um, thought, oh, it's not about church. It's about him. Hmm. He is real. Because remember, I asked God, you know, is Jesus real? He is real. Like, he did die for us. Like, this is what life's all about. I understood all four questions in a moment. Hmm. Then at 3 o'clock, you're supposed to go before the cross. So for 15 minutes, I watch him die. And he dies. Then at three o'clock, I, you know, you go into the highway, You're supposed to go before the cross, Um, and I can't remember if you received communion, whatever. I don't remember. I just know you, we went to the highway to, to go before the cross, and we're supposed to come back to our seats. And as soon as I hit the highway, I just start weeping, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, why am I crying? I really don't understand why I'm crying." I don't wipe away the tears because my mom's behind me. I don't want her to ask me why I'm crying because I don't yeah. understand all this. And I come back and I kneel down. I put my head down. So my mom doesn't see me on the pew. Like I kneel down and I put my head, like buried it kind of because I'm weeping. Mm-hmm. And then this is when God speaks to me. And he, these are the exact words. I'll never forget it though. It was about 30 years ago. He said, you looked everywhere else for love, but I loved you and I died for your sins. Wow. And no one ever told me he loved me. I thought he had his big finger down from heaven. I always believed there was a God. I didn't know about the Jesus thing, but I always believed there was a God And I, I, I thought he had his big finger down upon my life because I knew my life was not right. Right. I wasn't just, you know, it wasn't about the homosexuality. I I stole, I drank, I was so foul mouthed, Mm. you know, I did so many wrong things. Right. Yeah. Including, even though this is strange, even though I didn't go to church every once in a while, most of the time I didn't, but every once in a while I think, is this right you know, this homosexual life that I'm living, uh, sleeping with women. Hmm. Um, but most of the time I didn't, wasn't that real with myself. Right. But But every. that
0: was just triggered by your own thoughts. That wasn't anybody else saying. No, but
1: every once in a while, Hmm. um, you would think that, I mean, at least I did. Right. Mm -hmm. But most of the time I didn't, but once in a while that thought would cross my mind. And then of course, you know, I just go on with life. Anyways, So I walk out of that church, I so met Jesus, this God, and I believe the reason he did it, he saw that little girl who lived all these years in abuse and there were no Christians in my life. I'm asking real questions, he saw my heart and he knew there was no one gonna tell me the answer to these questions. And Mm -hmm. so he's like, I'm gonna tell her, because in other words, I know many people don't have this kind of um, God intersecting in their lives like this. But I walked out of that church and I never drank again. I never smoked weed again. I wasn't a, a, a cigarette smoker, but I loved weed. I, I smoked it
0: wow.
1: t- tons. Um, and I knew I wasn't gay anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm letting you know that most of the time that's not the way it happens. Most of the time there's a journey of healing of the heart, Um But in my case, just like once in a while, you hear that alcoholic story and they never took a drink again because they met God. That's me. But I will also tell you the other part. It's not that I never had thoughts about homosexuality ever again. It's just I knew I wasn't gay anymore. What God did for me was he showed me so early after I came to know him, because again, I have no Christians. I started to understand in scripture where it says, renew your mind so you can do God's perfect, acceptable uh, will. You cast down vain imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself above the name of Christ. I started to realize, oh, for four years, I lived this life. For four years, I have memories. For four years, my mind is so used to checking women out in a certain way. Mm -hmm. For four years, I have habits of this. And all I knew is even if I thought a homosexual thought after that, I knew I wasn't gay anymore. Like he Mm. so did such a deep work.
0: It's like a change of your identity more than just the action. Yes. Who you are in like internally.
1: And I, yes. And I feel that sometimes Christians might struggle in this area and they think the struggle of thinking thoughts is my identity. Mm. I so came to realize that my temptations did not define me. Wow. And, I so knew I wasn't gay anymore. It didn't matter what my thought, my mind said. I knew I wasn't. Now, I would love to say other areas of my life, you know, because a lot of people might think, oh, yeah, well, I prayed and, you know, God didn't do that for me, you know, because, yeah. you know, we minister to people in this area that want it. We're not, we don't force wills, but the, you know, they said, you know, I try to pray the gay way. and never went away. And we're, we're not those kind of advocates. We don't think that's the way it works. We believe it's heart and wounds and hurts and, Just like everybody has an area that they got to deal with, or of course, more than one. So does a homosexual struggler or like my husband, it took him a good eight years of really um, God healing his heart. But my struggle was with rage. Mm. That was my eight year or 10 year struggle. In fact, I always say, man, I would have rather struggled in the area of of, um, homosexuality than I did in that area. Because to me, rage just overtakes you. Mm-hmm. Like you don't usually think, Oh, I'm now I'm going to about to lose my temper. It usually something triggers it Feels and out of control. Yes. And so with, at least with homosexuality, in my mind, again, I know anyone that does struggle with this is thinking whatever. I wish I didn't have that, yeah. but I felt like you'd have to think about it a little more. I'd have to go and meet someone or I'd have to call, you know what I mean? Like there's at least some steps in the process where yeah. it seems like with rage, it just takes you
0: yeah, by
1: surprise. You're, something happens and you just blow up. But anyway, so that was my area of God having to heal my heart. Now, again, I also had to watch thoughts. In fact, after I came to know the Lord, I'd have to drive past the gay bar that I went to almost every night, right? So for four years, almost every night, it was the place where I hung out, the, my friends. So what I would do is when I would drive past that gay bar, because God says, think on whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are, are just, um, uh, I can't Being remember. Pure, pure, yeah, pure. Any. Yes. Think on these things. Hmm. So it might even be true, but if it's not, uh, full of praise and lovely and peaceful, I'm not to think on that. Mm-hmm. So anyways, um, cause I feel the enemy says, well, you know, but it's true well, it might be true, but does it also line up with these other things? And the Lord never says not to think on. There's nowhere in scripture where it says, don't think about homosexuality. Don't think about homosexuality. In fact, when you um, emphasize your sin, you think about it even more. Mm-hmm. So if I tell you, don't think about white elephants with pink polka dots, you're not allowed to think about white elephants with pink polka dots. You better not think about it. You're going to think about white elephants with pink yeah. polka dots, right? Even what? if
0: you never did before. Yes.
1: Because my focus is to be on Jesus. Mm. He knows we will never overcome temptation when all aim is, it's just like a diet, right? He says, you cannot overcome by the law. Mm. So if I might not even, and I'm not a sweet lover, I don't care about sweets that much. I love chips and salt. So, mm. but if I go to think to myself, okay, I'm going to take sugar out of my diet. I want to really do that because, you know, health reasons. As soon as I do that, I'm telling you, I see a cake and I still want the cake more than I ever did. If I could have had the cake. Yeah. See the, God knows the law can never rescue us. That's why Jesus has to rescue us. And it must be with his help for one thing, my yes, and his help self can never wreck rescue self. And but there are steps, right? There are things that I must do. God never said he will change my thinking patterns. I must change my thinking patterns. And now, of course, with science, we're learning so much about the mind and that you make caverns as you give into things. And so, yes, there are habits and things I had to change. So when I would drive past the gay bar, I would literally literally turn the other way. I wouldn't let myself look at it, because I know if I start to go there, I have memories there. I have girlfriends there. I have experiences there. My, Mm -hmm. my, you know, I had the truth is sex with people Mm -hmm. and that stirs up emotions, right? I also had real relationships there. I really did love, especially my first um, relationship. I loved her, right? Real connection. And so what I would do is I don't care if I thought about a flower, oh, a daisy, whatever think on whatsoever things are lovely whatsoever things are true just so and so forth i would just i would turn my mind that would want to go one way to the left i would i always pictured like a car i'd turn my mind like the wheel of my mind to the right and i would make myself think on this it could be a scripture even but it doesn't have to be a scripture i can do all things through christ in fact that's where i memorize that and i would just emphasize different things i can do all things through Christ. I can do all things through Christ. I can do all. I started to memorize it and meditate. I I might do that while I'm driving past, right? I just wouldn't let my mind go there. What I was doing without understanding everything is I was renewing my mind so I could do God's good, acceptable, and perfect will. So that's kind of my story. Of course, there's way more, but we only have so much time.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. No, that's really good. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Um, there's so much to unpack in there, but I wanted to just ask this question because I know um, for our listeners and just even as Christians in general, there is a lot of talk about homosexuality, homosexual. Like as a Christian, like that's a really like heated topic, right? And it can be very confusing. And so um, like we believe the Bible and we know the Bible talks that homosexuality is not um, how God intends it. And so even a couple questions I had for you. One is just, so you just knew that, right? When God like made himself known to you, how did you know, like, okay, I I have to leave this lifestyle and step into um, like step out of homosexuality, I guess.
1: (laughs) Well, for me, I just knew I wasn't gay anymore
0: Hmm.
1: because for whatever reason, see, I feel my root of why I went into that life was that lack of love and rejection of self. Hmm. God dealt very deeply when I see Jesus die on the cross and he says that, you know, he loves me. And so maybe that's why, because I've asked, man, how come in that area, it seemed like it was just so... Immediate. Already done, yeah. yes, but again, there's still the rage, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, I had a lot of self hatred, um, that God had to um heal in my life, but um, in that area, I just didn't struggle. But because I came out of this, I have great compassion for mm. anyone that is in that lifestyle, um, struggles in that lifestyle, or has embraced that lifestyle. Because in my heart, what God has done, I believe, oh. Like I realized, I believe that too, that I was born that way. Mm. And I felt after coming to the Lord, he had so much more for me. Like he really did have a, a family he wants. Like I have four kids now, like so amazing, right? And I know again, with this day and age, you can get implanted and all that kind of stuff, mm. which in my day and age, you really didn't hear of that kind of stuff. So, you know, I can still get my family, but it really does take a man and a woman to produce a child. So I do have to get implanted. It's not, you know, like... Me and my partner coming together and now together we've made this child. God wanted that for me. I didn't realize that. And so I remember even after our first child, when we were just um, bringing to a church service and saying, Lord, ultimately this child's yours you know, both Tom and I, cause he came out of homosexuality, just crying. Why? Because we never thought we'd ever have a child. Mm-hmm. And again, if we ever did stay in homosexuality, it still would not be mine and my partner's child though. Ultimately it is right. Just like, you know, if I adopt a child, whatever they're mine, but deep down, you know, that's still not mine and my partner's. It's still mine and whoever ever else was the donors. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, And because we came from this, you know, of course, I'm on Facebook or whatever, and you see these posts. So, the way I approach this topic is with great care and great love Mm -hmm. because we're in a society that tells me, even in my time, that I was born that way. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I don't approach it with like
0: a condemnation or shame. Yes, or or
1: legalism. In fact, You know, you said very clearly, like, we believe, you know, we believe the Bible, and so we know the Bible teaches. Well, a lot of people don't believe that. They believe that they have the Bible, and the Bible does teach it, Mm. because, you know, we have, because we, you know, came from this, we've read these books, and again, it looks like, wow, if you take the Greek, whatever, but I'm letting you know, you have to do great somersaults to, uh, with the Bible, to make it okay with God, right? Mm -hmm. Even just some basic things. Jesus said, you know, have you not heard from the beginning of time, man was created for woman and woman for man. He was talking in the area of marriage, Mm -hmm. but he was making a statement of foundation, right? Mm -hmm. If we can, um, ruin the foundations, uh, we really screw up ourselves and society. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, I have great compassion because I did think I'm born that way. So if I see one of those, um, posts of someone saying, you know, something you know legislatively or whatever you know uh gay is good and you know anyone that thinks not are are terrible mm. so because i came out this, i feel like i always have to post and i do it with great love and i always tell my story and say you know i did feel born that way and i understand that feeling i did not feel i'm just making a choice and and but i always say that what i came to find out was with God, I hate to, you know, maybe you can do without God. I just know for me, I had him and I came to realize that it was hurt and pain in my life that I realized there was a deep void and it would never be filled in another woman's arms. Mm.
0: And like, even with that, what I love about you guys' story, um, and Tom shares his in a different podcast, but, what i love is that piece is like i do think as the church sometimes we do focus in so much on the homosexuality and that is the problem that's the sin and that for a long time even was like almost the unforgivable like yes. worst sin you could possibly commit and Um, What I love about you guys' story is it really comes down, and I think this is across the board for most people, um, it comes down to brokenness. It's not so much about the homosexuality in and of itself. It was the wounds. It was um, the not being able to trust. It was being hurt that actually the homosexuality was just a symptom exactly of the heart condition. And so I think even that is like incredible in and of itself because and and even how you can approach it in love is from that place. So maybe I struggle with something completely different yes. but the heart issue is the same. Yes. And so I think even a question we would have in addition to that is how would you walk alongside people as a Christian or even maybe someone who is struggling with homosexuality, maybe as a listener, you are struggling in that area, or maybe you know someone, a family member, or a friend that is struggling in homosexuality. Donna, how would you like approach walking with that person and and loving them, but also bringing truth, like that balance of things? Yes. So um,
1: the whole human race has a sin issue, right, don't we? So that's why what I always say that this area is just like any other area. Right. It just, Mm. since we have been told that you're born this way. Um, and we believe that it seems like there's nothing I can do about it. Right. Yeah. You need to accept this inside of me. Um, so when I do write those posts, I always do it with such kindness and say that I came to realize the void in my heart would never be filled in another woman's arms. But I also say, but it wouldn't have, even if I didn't struggle in this area and I was just straight and I was trying to meet that need in another man's arms. Mm -hmm. So here's an example. We were in London, a very um, progressive uh, uh, society there. And we were told you know, you can't even really talk to someone about Christianity there, uh, because they don't believe that you should. And, you know, it's up to every single person, but I was in a park and this man, uh, was sitting next to me and I, and we were, it was a park and it was in a church, uh, park, but many people were in this park because it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And he said to, he, we said something, Oh no, I think I brought it up. I said, so you know, have you ever, uh, heard about Jesus? You know, cause what, how else do you bring it up? You know, it's yeah. other than to say it. And he goes, what do you mean the church? Cause he looks at this church. He goes, are you talking about church? And I said, well, no, has anyone ever told you about what he did for you? And he's like, um, no. And he looks at his, uh, his phone and he says, I have 15 minutes. I am about to go to a dentist appointment but you can tell me anything you'd like for the next 15 minutes. Wow. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing.
0: It's an open door. <laughs> yes.
1: And so I said, well, let me, I just told him my story, exactly what I just told you. And at the end he said, um, wow. He said, I am gay and I have no problem you saying that you're not gay anymore. And that's a big difference because in my younger years, if I did tell anyone, they got very mad at me, Mm -hmm. even though I'm just telling my story, I'm not being mad, angry. Mm -hmm. And they said, you are lying. You either still struggle or you really were never gay. Um, But it was always with anger. And here's this man saying, I am gay and I have no problem you saying you are not gay anymore. But what he did say was, so what has your Christianity done for you since Mm -hmm. then? And so I got to tell him how God healed my heart, my broken heart of my mother wound and my father wound, and that we developed this pure heart through our brokenness and trying to find answers Mm -hmm. and um, told him all that. And he's like, wow. And then he said, but you, meaning the church, when he said this, he didn't mean me, he meant you, meaning Christians, say that who I am, what I am is wrong, right? Right. And, oh, I want to be so careful, right? Because I want to love yeah. him. I don't want to turn him off. I don't want to say, yeah, you're right, man. Home, That's you what know. we
0: think. Like,
1: yes. No room for you. Right. And what I said to him was, you know, with God, it's a heart issue. And he wouldn't care if you were straight and you thought your needs were going to be met, met in another woman's arms or if you're homosexual and you feel your needs are going to be met in another man's arms, I said what I came to realize is we all have a deep void, and it's really His love we're looking for. And until I find that love, I'm going to keep searching to get it met, whether it's through drinking, you know, covering up pain, um, through lust, maybe pornography, or again, sexual, you know, coming together and having a relationship, and then realizing, wow, that one didn't work, or whatever. Um, Or maybe I even have a marriage uh, and I've been in it for 15 years, but deep down, there's still something missing. That's kind of where where I was at when I went into that bar that day saying something, there must be something more to life than this, right? Mm -hmm. So um, uh, he said to me, wow, and he took down our Pure Heart website Mm -hmm. and then he had to go to his site because if I handle it in love They might get angry still say, I could do it all right. And I still might've had a different reaction. Then I have to know before God, Lord, I didn't, I wasn't mean. I was just, you know, in love. Shaming and condemning, no, which we did do in the church. And I believe that's why we have the reaction we have today. But, um, I do it in love and say, if you have a nephew or son, every single time you see them, you do not have to bring up homosexuality. If you've ever had the heart talk, just like, Maybe there's someone living with their boyfriend and girlfriend. If do you every time you see them bring up, hey, I just got to say because I'm Christian,
0: I you know, I feel obligated.
1: This. Yeah. No, I might have hopefully at some time, maybe or maybe it'll be in the future. Have a hard talk with love, then hopefully. You know, it might make a difference. It might not at that time. But then from that point on, I'm just to love them. I don't have to always say, I feel like if before God, the way you treat this is the way you treat every other sin that you might see in someone's life. And if you don't do that with all the other sins, then you don't need to do
0: that with this sin. Yeah. You wouldn't go around with me every time you see me like Shelby, there's that, that sin. I just got to remind you, I don't, I don't agree with that sin in your life just because mine isn't homosexuality. It might be something else. You wouldn't treat me that way. So why would we treat somebody else that way? Right.
1: But we feel guilty in this area because you know, all of society is saying Mm. it's fine. So I feel it's like our our Christian guilt, like I got to make sure I make it known. And then again, we're to be led by the spirit. So maybe God isn't telling you to mention that right now, Mm -hmm. but showing them love and letting them know that I love Jesus, right? We never leave Jesus out. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, even if they came out of homosexuality and didn't know Jesus, they're still on their way you know, I hate to say it, but to hell, right? It's, it's through Jesus. So what I'm to do is love that person, mm. bring Jesus in whenever I can, right? And my love for God. And hopefully what they see is a light inside of me that many times leads to other uh, conversations. Yeah. But the truth is the first thing God says, don't judge the sinner. They're, they are sinners, right? That's mm. They're going to do what they only know to do. Yeah. But it does say, Paul says, to judge the church, right? If someone says I'm a Christian and I'm, I'm, I'm doing something. I was supposed to go to my brother in meekness though. Mm -hmm. Say I have a brother and he's, um, hurting his wife. And I see that in fact, this happened in my life. And this man was a minister and I in love, right? Because I care about him. I said, Oh, you know, I could even say his name, but I won't. And I said, um, God doesn't really care about your ministry when your wife's hurting. Mm. And I said, so what you need to do is work on your marriage. And I started holding him accountable. He started reading Ephesians 5 and 6. And, and I said, now, Wayman, read that again. Now, how can you actively, oh, I said his name, but really he tells his this story anyways. How can you actively love your wife today? Mm. And then as a matter of fact, his wife just died in a terrible car accident oh, wow. um, just about three months ago. And we've been ministering to him. He's got three little ones, a nine-month-old, a a one-and-a-half-year-old, and a nine-year-old. And and it was the other person's fault. It was an 18-wheeler, and she died in an instant. But why do I say all that? It's because Wayman just uh, texted me about um, a a month ago, and he said, "Don, I cannot tell you how thankful I am that you told me that you loved me enough to tell me that. Then you had me keep reading Ephesians five and six about husbands loving their wives. Mm -hmm. Then you said, now Donna, how, I mean, Wayman, how did, how did you love your wife today? And he changed their whole marriage changed. He said, the regret I would live in right now, if that year prior did not happen. That's why we go to a brother because we love them enough. Not because like, how dare you? And look at you and
0: you know, I with our my you and bring out all your sins. Yes, in my religious
1: ways, and, yeah. right? It's cause oh, wait a minute! I see this area, and you're blind in it, and you think you're doing all these good Christian things, but I'm letting you know God cares about this area more than mm-hmm. He cares about that right now.
0: Wow. So that's it the would be, yeah, and that makes sense. It would be the same with anyone that you love across the board, whether they struggle with homosexuality, whether it might be in their marriage or brokenness in with drugs, alcohol, maybe anything, but it would be that same approach of like, Hey, I love you enough to say something, but it's not going to be every single time I sit down with you. Every time you see me, I'm bringing up your stuff, but no, as a brother or sister in Christ, it's like, no, I I love you. I want to share. Yes. In
1: fact, the scripture is so clear. He said, when you see your brother in sin, you who are spiritual in a spirit of meekness, go to him and restore him, lest you be tempted. So God's like, if you go in the wrong spirit with um, your religion and your Pharisee type, hey, you know, I'm just letting you know you're doing this wrong and I'm not trying to restore or bring that person into restoration, then God's like, you've missed it by a mile too. And one day you'll stand before me for your actions and words. I believe God will hold us accountable. Some people have turned people off to Christ. Mm. Like the very person we should have drawn in, but by our actions, words, and attitudes, we have pushed them away. Mm -hmm. And one day we regret, uh, uh, greatly because he's a God of love and he always goes to a person, no matter what their area of struggle is in love. Yeah.
0: That's really good. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and even sharing that with us. So we're going to wrap up this uh, episode right now. Um, but tune in to our next one because we're actually going to be doing a part two with Donna here. And we're going to just be going into more inner healing um, and then also some femininity and, and what we are called to as women and our true femininity, how God sees us. So uh, thank you guys for listening and uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks for tuning in to the She's Capable podcast. Please review us. And if you like what you hear, subscribe. We also want to let you know that we have a free ebook out called Becoming the Best Version of You. To download this free ebook, follow the link in the episode notes below. Thanks again for tuning in. See you next time.